Are you struggling to hire diverse tech talent? After all, every organization in the world is now a tech company. And the ability to attract, hire, and retain tech talent from all backgrounds is critical to their success. Enter Hackajob, a reverse marketplace that actively vets engineers. We flip the traditional model on its head, meaning companies apply to engineers versus candidates applying to jobs, with companies getting an 85% response rate to candidates they reach out to, as well as exposure to tech talent that directly meets their organization's diversity objectives. Companies such as S&P Global, CarMax, and Sensor Tower are all using Hackajob. Why not join them? Go to hackajob.com slash cheese to get your free 30-day trial today. Go to hackajob.com slash cheese to get your free 30-day trial today. Hide your kids. Lock the doors. You're listening to HR's most dangerous podcast. Chad Sowash and Joel Cheeseman are here to punch the recruiting industry right where it hurts. Complete with breaking news, brash opinion, and loads of snark. Buckle up, boys and girls. It's time for the Chad and Cheese Podcast. Oh, yeah. A 33-year-old electrical engineer revealed that he spent $150 a year to eat all of his meals at a local Six Flags amusement park. Who wants red velvet funnel cake for dinner, kids? What's up, everybody? You're listening to the Chad and Cheese Podcast. This is your co-host, Joel Fried Oreo Cheeseman. And this is Chad. What do you mean I'm too old to trick-or-treat? So wash. On this week's show, LinkedIn officially goes gig. Who wants bots with their burgers and buffalo wings? And me, it's me, another me. buy or sell Maybe yes. with corn dogs this time. Let's do this. Okay, listener, how can you help your employees become more productive? I have answers. How about automating manual and repetitive tasks, giving meaning to data, then allowing that data to actually drive decisions? And how about matching people to your jobs quicker? Well, wait, the Chat and Cheese has a new LLM? <laughs> No, Cheeseman. I'm talking about text kernel. Ah, okay. That makes more sense. What I'm hearing is the groundbreaking concept of, wait for it, Yeah. simplicity. <laughs> seriously, though, seriously. Text kernel cuts through the complexities like a tortilla chip through some hot nacho cheese. Oh, my God. Really? Nacho references already. Anyways. TextKernel brings efficiency and productivity to your operations. TextKernel seamlessly unifies your tools and data to drive efficiencies and success. TextKernel is creating new opportunities for your recruitment journey. Kind of like adding guac to my barbacoa burrito. Oh my God. How about extracting meaningful insights from data? I mean, that that's something. Swiftly matching yeah. people with jobs, automating repetitive tasks. Who knew such advanced concepts were even possible in the land of human resources? Uh, we did, Chad. We did. Dude, wrap it up. I'm a little hungry. Imagine that. Uh, okay, listener. Get ready to use today's tech to drive efficiencies and productivity. Visit textkernel.com. That's T-E-X-T-K-E-R-N-E-L.com. Mmm, nachos. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh, dude. So we talked about Halloween Kills last week and Jamie Lee Curtis not holding up. That's all I've got to say. Uh, She's still a badass bitch, just so you know. She is a badass. We need Sigourney Weaver and her to do a film where they beat up like murderers and aliens and shit. That's what that's oh, what I be awesome. Well, those screams mean Halloween is is coming up, Chad. That's right. What are what are you what do you, what are you empty nesters doing this year? Oh, I don't know. This is a not safe for work uh, podcast, so I guess I it could is. go into that, but I'm not. <laughs> so it's going to be one of those kind of Halloween nights. Oh for yeah, you, for you. You know, the, where you have the costumes that are like always like the the hooker costumes, and it doesn't matter what it is. You got the nurse hooker, you got the the construction hooker. You got, I mean, it's just like so. I've got to get one of those. <laughs> well, I'm having a family friendly uh, Halloween this year. Oh, I have good for a, you. I have a four year old who's going as <laughs> Spider Man. I will be a uh, a convict from roughly the 40s, I guess. And the wife is going as a deviled egg, which means she's an egg with horns, with devil <laughs> horns, basically. And the bigger kids are moving on. They're hanging out with friends, playing tricks, whatever. Yeah. So I love we, it. we've sort of officially lost two of the three kids. And uh, it'll be the four-year-old around the block a few times, uh, snatching up some Snickers and Reese's. Yeah, that's the way it's supposed to happen. Just so you know, they're supposed to get the hell out and go do their own thing. I agree. I agree. <laughs> oh, God, not oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's do some shout outs here on the eve of All Hollows. Yes. Well, I'm going to shout out a couple of quick shout outs to Matthew Swanson over at Radency. He loves the podcast and he hates the unicorn song. Join oh. the club, Matt. More unicorns to come, but we've got to find another sound effect track for that one. Shout out to Mark and Alexa over at Pillar for the swag and the popcorn. It was so salty and sweet. That's good stuff, baby. Indiana popcorn, by the way. It was. Good good catch. Good catch. Uh, Big shout out to Eric Anderson, who loves the podcast and isn't even in our industry. And this isn't the first time we've had listeners reach out that say that they don't understand half the shit that we talk about. Nonetheless, we're pretty fucking entertaining. So that being said, feel free to share the pod with your peers, family, friends, and your social streams, and also give us a review. That's not asking for much, obviously, for all the time, love, and tenderness that Joel and I put into this podcast. Just for you, kids. Just for you. And our favorite reviews are... <laughs> yes, indeed. Uh, shout out to Governor DeSantis from the great state of Florida, who took poaching to a whole new level by offering uh, cops from outside of Florida moving expenses up to $5,000 to come police in Florida if you don't feel welcome in your current state. Just what Florida needs. that was right? as if Florida needed more unvaccinated workers. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> That's exactly what they need. Fucking idiots. Who is not an idiot, though, Chad, is our, our friends at Hertz, formerly bankrupt Hertz, uh, Tesla and Uber. Uh, the companies have all gotten together. Hertz has agreed to buy 100,000 Teslas over the next nice. few years. And Uber has plans to offer 50,000 of those to drivers to rent by 2023. So you're going to see a lot more Teslas on the road. Rolling in a Tesla, being an Uber driver. That's not a bad perk, right? I do like that. I wonder how they pick the Uber drivers. Like, is it seniority? Is it a first come lottery? That'll be interesting. That's a good question. That's a good question. Uh, Big shout out to Roberto over at Recruitology for sending us new gear as well. I got a t-shirt, got a polo, got a very cool 
winter zip up vest kind of uh, Ted Lasso thing, which is really cool. Uh, not to mention two COVID tests, which I think is awesome because we're about ready to travel to Belgium. And that's what we're going to need before we get on that plane. Indeed. I'm not sure what it says about us that we got a COVID test. Everybody's getting them. They need to make these with like corporate logos on the uh, the actual tests. There's a business idea. Before you. you come to see us, take this test. <laughs> Well, Chad, you know nobody likes a good pair of Spanx like I do, uh, and that brings me to well. my next my next shout out. Uh, the the Spanx CEO, which is quite a heartening uh, entrepreneurial story, just got like a billion and a half dollars from a big investment firm. So she celebrated by giving all our employees two first class tickets to wherever the hell they wanted to go. Love it, as well as ten grand spending money. So get on those Spanx and enjoy a trip around the world wherever you want. <laughs> And look good Dude. doing it, Spanx employees. Got to dig that. Got to dig that. Next one is, uh, you remember Vanita? Yeah, she was over at Maya. Yeah, she has landed at SAP Success Factors. Oh, she good was always a big fan of the show. I assume she still is. So shout out to Vanita. Yep. So, kids, it's getting closer. That's right. You got to go to erecruitment-congress.com and register to spend Thanksgiving with the Chad and Cheese in Austin, Belgium. Uh, If you're in Europe, hop on a flight or get in a car and join us for great speakers, amazing content, and, of course, beer. Now, if you're in the U.S. and you got nothing better to do, you got, you know, a little cash, hop on a flight, join us. We'd love to see you. Speaking of beer, though. Yeah. Ryan Philman received his beer drop this month. Compliments of Adzuna. And he seemed pretty fucking stoked on the socials. When can we get a VIP beer tasting set up with that cat? Oh, it's already on the schedule, Chad. Yes. Yes. That's right, kids. Not only free craft beer delivered to your door, but you also get an hour FaceTime. of beer tasting with the Chad and cheese. Just go to chadcheese.com slash free beer from Adzuna, bourbon from our people at Sovereign. Got to love those cats. And maybe a free T-shirt, depending on your size right now, from (laughs) emissary.ai. Nothing easier on the eyes than a FaceTime with us. Oh, hell no. By the way, if you're going to Europe, bonus points if you fly through Transylvania. (laughs) (laughs) All right, let's get to some fantasy football, Chad. Bring it. Sponsored by Poach.ai. Oh, look who's in first place, Chad. After a drubbing of you last week, I'm in first (laughs) place, uh, followed by the wonderful Miss Q Quincy, Benjamin Franklin Kuntz, Jason Voorhees Putnam, like He's in any other costume this weekend besides Jason. Pistol Pete Suchi, Bill Football Fanning, Criss Cross Applesauce Russell, Christy Man on the Moon, then you, Chad, then bringing up the rear, Michael Don't Call Me Hung Cox. And that is your <laughs> fantasy football update as we reach the halfway point to football season. It's about to get interesting. Uh, birthdays, Chad. Happy birthday! Birthdays. We do not have a Halloween birthday in the fan club, unfortunately, but we do have lots of birthdays. Dennis Tupper, big fan of the show. Ooh. Happy birthday. Sean Horton, Garrett Friedman, Ryan Moffitt, <laughs> Stephen Penis Chair O'Donnell, who had the funniest <laughs> social media post of the week by far. If you know, you know. Uh, Libby Sartain, 
and our sourcing friend, Shally Steckroll. Happy, Happy birthday. birthday to all those folks. I haven't seen Shally. He's like uh, under a bridge somewhere or something. He's, he's got a full-time job, man. He, he, he doesn't have time for people <laughs> like us anymore. Quick thanks to, to Jasper Sponyard over at uh, to, Toe Talent for picking up and writing about our podcast, or at least aspects yeah. of our podcast that we dropped just this Monday, where we had the EEOC Commissioner Keith Sonderling. The podcast is entitled EEOC Talks AI. We talk about tech, regulations, and enforcement here in the U.S., but it, it's it's more, more broad scale, too, because obviously everybody's talking about how AI is impacting hiring and what is the regulatory landscape going to look like. This is a great conversation. I was pretty, I was pretty stoked with this one. And with that... Yes, so I've got a couple of quick updates. Just let's let me get through this update and then rant and then we'll go ahead and hit the topics. Okay, scoopage. Okay, so first and foremost, quick canvas update. They just like pulled in 50 million or something like that, right? So we reported that Ben Herman, co-founder and CEO of Canvas, ejected a couple of weeks ago without having a replacement, which seemed kind of odd. You don't you don't generally see that when somebody leaves, you know, in good standing, let's say. Then we heard that there are co-interim CEOs, which added another layer of what the actual fuck are they doing over there? Well, I just learned earlier this week that friend of the show, Maya Grossman, CMO, left the same day Ben did. So the hunt for the CEO, new CEO, has just launched. And we will be watching this very closely. Sounds like a horror story over there. (laughs) I have no clue. So here's my quick Indeed update. So an agency reached out to Joel and I regarding the lack of Indeed traffic his clients were seeing. So while searching for a very generic term, account coordinator posting in Atlanta on Indeed, they noticed that the job search metadata showed that there were over 120 openings, although only eight were showing in the search results. Hmm. They did this type of search for other jobs, noticed the exact same thing around throttled result sets, meaning if you're not paying for jobs on Indeed, you're likely not on Indeed. So why is this an issue? Well, remember when Indeed was the Google for jobs? All jobs, one place. I do. Indeed talks a big game when it when we're talking about we care about job seekers, but Indeed doesn't give a shit about giving America back to work kids. This is all about making money. And, it, you know, it's it's one of those things. But they've regressed even further into a 1990s job board with a more of like a pay to post model, right? So this is interesting, just watching Indeed and watching them throttle to be able to get more cash, squeeze more cash when people need traffic the most. But I've got to say this, last but not least, my rant would not be complete without saying I blame recruitment advertising agencies for allowing this to happen. When Indeed morphed further into a job board model with their two pain design, you all did nothing. When the clicks that used to be delivered to the client's job postings on their career site went away, mm-hmm. you did nothing. Now, Indeed is reg- regressing even further because they know you won't do a fucking thing. Yeah. So if we want to point at anybody, we can point at Indeed They are the evil empire. We totally get that. But the one set 
of organizations that could have keep these motherfuckers in check were the recruitment ad agencies and they didn't do their job. Chad, we have a, uh, a live look at, at uh, Indeed customer service. Let's let's listen on that real quick. You cannot leave. Oh, shit. <laughs> oh, shit. I have a conspiracy theory. Can I can I unload yes, a conspiracy please. theory on let's you? Let's do it. Okay, I got to get in the mood here. Okay, so according to our source, Indeed is by all, all accounts still still scraping these jobs. Yeah. They're in the database somewhere. They just choose to show them or not. Part of it is hoping that people advertise those jobs, flip the switch on and, and start paying for the clicks. But the other, the other theory here that I thought about uh, over, over wings for lunch is <laughs> what if Indeed does a get money from the job seeker play? And if job seekers are willing to pay you know, $4.99 a month, $9.99 a month, they flip that switch on. And those job seekers for a fee can see all the jobs that Indeed has in their database. I'm just saying they could make a lot of money by doing that. We'll just have to see if it comes to fruition. Yeah, they're already the most hated brand in our industry as it is. Imagine if they did that. Wow. (laughs) Ladders part two. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> All right, let's get into our first uh, story. Nice scoop on those Thanks. from you. LinkedIn has rolled out its freelance services marketplace globally after picking up 2 million users in a smaller U.S. beta. It's about time America started pushing its stuff on everyone else. Yeah, The offering aims to match freelancers with jobs and will compete against Fiverr and Upwork. Chad, the water is warm. You're ready to join Team LinkedIn, aren't you? Does this mean that I can get poorly matched gigs now? I mean, LinkedIn's matching tech sucks for regular jobs. Why would it be any better for gigs? (laughs) And do we believe LinkedIn has a big gig population already? Two million, baby. The question is, how do they acquire more giggers? And, mm-hmm. you know, luckily they have the cash to do whatever they want. But how are they going to go after that? Are they going to do a shit ton of advertising? Are they going to acquire somebody? Yep. Who knows? They, they, they've also announced new search filters. Ooh, that's Ooh. innovative. And also company VAX recommendations. I mean, j- they're blowing me away with the fucking innovation over at LinkedIn. <laughs> let's let's be real. LinkedIn is crushing it. Uh, revenue was up 42% year over year in its fiscal first quarter yep. to $3.14 billion, an increase of 39% uh, in constant cur- currency, according to Microsoft Inc.'s earnings report released on Tuesday. But they got to keep the growth machine going and taking a piece of the, I don't know, let's call it 7 to $8 billion or so market cap in the gig economy doesn't seem like a shitty idea. Additionally, recruiters are learning that they don't need a recruiter account to be successful uh, as tools like SeekOut, HiringSolve, and others are taking share and the automation tools are coming uh, no matter how much LinkedIn wishes they wouldn't. Uh, Gig makes sense because LinkedIn can undercut Fiverr, Upwork, and others. Uh, They don't need to... If they subsidize the fees to hire giggers and give giggers a bigger piece of the pie, Upwork and others will find it hard to compete in the long term. Whether or not LinkedIn does that, we'll have to see. They should do it. They have the money to do it. But uh, just like Monster should have done to Indeed back in 2008, I think (laughs) LinkedIn might be making a move to crush Upwork and Fiverr before they get too big for their britches. Yeah, I think if LinkedIn wanted to do this right, they would have done it in segments first. They would have looked at specific segments like healthcare, let's say, and they would have done that right and then rolled out from there. They did a beta, but this is more general. 
beta. So to me, it doesn't make sense. And and remember, you just mentioned Monster, but remember when Monster and Career Builder were raking in the cash? Those were the days, right? Mm-hmm. And this is a market where if you are in this recruitment industry and you are not raking in the cash, that should tell you something. Everybody else is. LinkedIn is killing it because they've got a great brand. Monster back in the day, Career Builder back in the day because they had a great brand. The problem was they got lazy and they took their eye off the ball. They felt invincible. Mm-hmm. Where are they now? I would love to see them acquire, like you saw Fiverr acquire a working, not working. I would love to see, you know, LinkedIn acquire a Communo. I would love to see them acquire a gig platform that was specific to an industry and just roll it out right because I don't think you can do this broad base and do it well. Yeah, look, LinkedIn has a long history of having big visions or aspirations and really falling on their face. Anybody remember the LinkedIn ATS? <laughs> nope. No, no one remembers the LinkedIn ATS. Um, and I'm sure I could go through many others uh, and see similar similar issues. Now, uh, certainly the market from their perspective uh, thinks that LinkedIn is a pretty big threat. Uh, Fiverr, for example, is down about 5% over the last uh, few days. So the market does think this is a real threat. And it, I mean, they should be able to pull this off. They have they have the profiles. They have companies that are using services like this. They can plug into the GitHub community to help you know gigs and and plug in tech people into gigs. Why didn't they start there? I I don't know. Again, I don't see any <laughs> discipline in this organization. They they had like some type of fleet story thing that they shut down. I mean, again, this all just looks like they're throwing spaghetti at the wall. There's no mm-hmm. strategy and there's just no technical expertise to be able to tactically put these things in place. Yeah, I agree. Do you agree that the recruitment dollars long term, do you feel like those are those are a threat? Those are at risk. Oh, no question. No question. Yeah. I think this is a smart move. I just don't like how they're executing. Yeah. Yeah. I think they have to get into into the gig stuff. So we'll see. Well, companies getting into all kinds of shit means that Everywhere. It's, it's buy or sell, Chad. Yes. <laughs> oh, we love buy or sell. Can't <laughs> leave it. All right. You guys know how this works. We pick three companies. We do a little news blurb, and then we comment and either buy or sell the company. So excited. First up, we have Flow Career. What? Uh, if you're if you're the only one who thought of flow from progressive, you're not alone. Uh, the Indian based interviewing startup has raised five point seven million in Series A capital to develop its business in the U.S. and accelerate growth in India. Founded in 2018, Flow Career conducts video and telephonic interviews for job seekers and technical backgrounds such as cloud tech, data analytics and job on behalf of employers. It has a team of three thousand industry experienced freelancer interviewers and a hundred experts for screening candidates from across the world. Chad, are you buying or selling what Flow is dropping? Dude, today, video interviewing platforms are a dime a dozen. Mm-hmm. And in my pretty much my quick assessment that I use in, in looking for these uh, buy and sell, mm-hmm. uh, will it automate? Yes. Will it scale? Yes, I, I believe it will. Does the leadership have any industry experience? Little to none. Mm -hmm. But my major issue with this company is that their eyes are bigger than their stomach. And with less than $6 million in funding, they don't have enough to break into the U.S. market without sucking them dry. Plus, they're looking to expand outside of their core competency of tech going into pharma and financial. It really feels like a company that lacks discipline. There's a ton 
of opportunity where they sit right now, or even breaching out or broaching out into uh, Europe. But again, here in the US, it's going to take a much larger nut than $6 million. Plus, you can't stay disciplined on just tech. This is a big sell for me. Got to have big nuts. That's one of your grading scale, grading, uh, grading things, isn't it? Right, big, big nuts, nuts or not? Okay. Uh, so a little background: the company says it has conducted 150,000 interviews, amounting to 7.5 million minutes. Um, on paper, this should totally work. Uh, they offer a lot of solid services for companies who want to outsource recruitment. Uh, what they call interviewing as a service, which is kind of clever, um, as well as uh, providing some newer automation solutions. Um, however, I echo your sentiment. We've talked a lot lately about how difficult it is for foreign companies uh, to make it in America. And I think these guys are in the same boat, uh, which you have already waxed poetically. Uh, my gut tells me this one is dead on arrival uh, once it hits the shores of New York or Silicon Valley or wherever the hell uh, they land. So for me, this is a sell. <laughs> All right, Skyhive. Get used to hearing talent analytics if you ha- if you haven't already. Skyhive is a Vancouver, Canada, and San Fran based uh, workforce reskilling platform that that helps workers recognize and fill their skill gaps. Skyhive has raised forty million dollars in Series B funding, bringing total funding to forty eight million dollars. Skyhive says that they can compare a company's workforce with industry benchmarks at the individual departmental and organizational level to identify gaps and trends. Employees can upload resumes, create profiles, and take skills assessments, which the platform uses to match them with learning resources. Chad, are you ready to get Sky High with Skyhive? So Skyhive doesn't really help automate. It could help scale. Uh, the, the question is, Does do they have the industry knowledge to be able to pull this off? No, not even close. They have some very smart people, no question. But this industry eats smart people alive. They should just name this platform Skynet for HR, to be quite frank. <laughs> remember, w- remember when Amazon's algorithm went rogue and started using using data exposed from the web along with human behavioral decision making to source only men for tech position. I do. This sounds worse. Plus, here's a quote from the article in VentureBeat. While people analytics is a new domain, oh, that always goes over well in HR, is a new domain for HR departments, 70% of company executives cite People analytics is a top priority, end quote. Citing as a top priority and adopting Skynet are entirely two different things. And as an industry with incredibly slow to no adoption rates, this is an an easy sell for me. So I took a little bit of a different spin on this this one. Uh, So you mentioned 70% of company execs cite people analytics as a top priority. And you also have only 42% of companies saying that they were ready to address it. Translation, in my mind, means growth opportunity. Um, Although there there is some stiff competition, Skyhive claims to be engaged with 59% of the Fortune 100. That's a pretty good percentage. I think that's a majority. And they're enjoying revenue growth of 300% year over year since 2018. For me, this one is a buy. Which brings us to another Canada-based company, eh? This is Bridget, spelled B-R-I-D-G-I-T. 
a Toronto-based workforce intelligence technology company that's focused on the construction industry, announced this week it has raised $24 million in Series B funding, bringing its total to $36.6 million. The company's flagship solution, called Bridget Bench, is a digital cloud-based platform that helps general contractors plan and grow their workforce leverage project data to improve bidding and staffing decisions and forecast project pipelines to increase productivity and profitability. Chad, no one likes a good pipeline like you do. Are you ready to buy Bridget? Bridget, the weird girl you knew from high school. Uh, I'm a big fan of talent pipelines. The thing is, will this help automate No. Will it help scale? Yeah, I believe so. What's the industry knowledge within the organization? None. I mean, they they have some incredibly smart people uh, that both the co-founders, I believe, are in the Forbes 30 under 30. Jesus fucking Christ. (laughs) Uh, Very slick platform and even slicker marketing, which is a huge plus. The platform helps identify talent faster and helps companies create a bench before landing a project. So workforce planning is a real problem in all industries, including the the construction industry. But I believe a much larger problem is having actual bodies to do the job. It's like painting a car that has no engine. It looks good, but it's going nowhere. I wanted to like this. I really did. The problem is they're not addressing the real issues in the industry itself, which is manpower. This is this is a sell for me. Well, you are salty on the doorstep of Halloween, Chad. I love it. All right. Uh, again, I differ on you, differ from you on this one. I have three words for you. Build back better. I'm not sure how much the infrastructure bill will be, but I do know a lot of construction is going to happen as a result. And I know there's a housing shortage around the globe. All of that is Latin for anyone who supports this ecosystem is a winner. Bridget Bench, not a great name, but I'll go with it, has helped the company double in size and increased revenue by 140% since its last funding round, and it's just getting started. I'm going to have some ketchup-flavored potato chips and give this a buy rating. I always love companies who say they have grown by 140%. They're brand new. We have no fucking clue <laughs> what that even means. Ketchup flavored potato chips. That's what they eat in Canada, Chad. Let's take uh, a quick break yes. and talk about the great resignation. Human resources is supposed to be about humans. I mean, it's right there in the name. But when your hiring team is more like an assembly line glued to their computers, manually posting heaps of jobs everywhere they can think of, that human part feels nowhere to be found. This is a new era. Pando IQ takes the mind-numbing copy-pasting and nerve-wracking guesswork out of the job posting process. When you plan a hiring campaign with Pando IQ, you tell us who you need. Then, before you ever spend a cent, we predict what it will cost to find them. Pando IQ chooses the ideal recruiting sites from thousands of options, targeting the ones your next great hire frequently visits, then fires off your ads at precisely calculated times, surfacing the most relevant applicants for you to pick from. Now you're free to get to know the best talent, build great teams, and take care of your humans. Pando IQ will do the rest, so you can get back to doing what the computers can't. For more information on Pando IQ, go to pandologic.com. That's pandologic.com. 
It's it's a good thing we love our job so much. We're we're not quitting. We're not quitting this. I'm not quitting you. You can't quit me. Our wives won't <laughs> let us. Our wives. The divorce would cost too much. <laughs> but people are quitting, Chad. Yes, they are. So, in a survey of 1,200 tech and IT workers in the U.S., nearly three quarters—that's 72 percent, kids—said they intended to quit within the next year. Data from the Bureau of Labor Statistics show that quit rate in the U.S. hit a record high of 4.3 million in August 2021, while data from Bankrate the same month suggests that approximately half of the U.S. workforce plans to leave their jobs within the next 12 months. People are fed up. What are we going to do? You know, there's an old saying, uh, the more I learn, the less I know. Do you know that one? Yeah. It comes into play as you get old like that we do. And that sort of sums up my feeling on all this resignation stuff, because there's there's so many conflicting data points out there. Uh, People are quitting. There is a great resignation, but exactly Mm -hmm. what is going on is really hard for me to grasp. And we talk about it almost every week. So the stories that we shared on our feed this week, we had rural like rural states, people are quitting. Um, We have people who don't want to commute from Maryland to D.C., so they're quitting their job to get a work-from-home job. So that means people are now officially leaving D.C. for uh, for Maryland, and I assume people who work in Chicago that live in Wisconsin. Yeah, Yeah, for metros. I assume that people in rural states find more, see more opportunity in places where they can drive an Uber or deliver food with DoorDash as opposed to working at the local Taco Bell. So you have all of this going on, and then you have tech workers that, my God, what was it? 72% said they intended to quit the next year. I mean, that sounds a lot like all the people when Trump was elected who said they're going to move to Canada. Well, they actually didn't that much. So I have a hard time envisioning 72% of the the knowledge-based technology workforce leaving their companies. I mean, that's a little bit crazy to me. Are you missing the 4.3 million people who actually quit in August? Did you miss that part? But those all weren't all tech, right? I do, well, it doesn't matter. I mean, it's what we're we're seeing it happen. This is so like, why are they quitting? Who's quitting? Like, where are they going? It just all of this seems really contradictory every week to what's going on. It's just it's hard for me to wrap my head around it. And until like, I get that. Yeah, it's just it's just hard to know exactly. Like a couple of weeks ago, I think I mentioned my wife had an appendectomy, right? So we had two cars at the hospital. I drove one home with her, and then I took an Uber to get the car that was left at the hospital. Yeah. Well, I like, I'm pretty chatty. So I'm talking to my Uber driver and I say, oh, you know, how long have you been driving? You know, the COVID thing, the mask thing, how do you like that? So it comes to, it comes out that she actually has a, a, a social worker degree. She was doing the social work thing. She was getting paid too less. She has a kid at home. So she drives an Uber because now she can be at home with the kid. Uh, although she has a degree in social work, but now she's studying to be a nurse. So I feel like that's a microcosm of like what everyone or so many people are going through right now. It's like, let's take a time out. What the hell are we doing with our lives? Where are we going? Where do we want to live? And it's just hard to make sense of all of it to me. And these stories come out every 
every day almost yeah. about everyone's leaving and why are they leaving and what are they doing? And, and it's just, it's just, we live this every day and it's hard for me to keep track of it. Yeah, no, it's, it, it's fucking crazy. And people are just fucking fed up with the bullshit, long hours, bullshit yep. tasks. And after, you know, you've busted your ass to deliver without a breath, without being able to take a breath, you're expected to do it again. Right. So it's like at the end of the day, we've all been able to step back because of COVID and say, what the fuck have I been doing? Right. Not to mention how many of these people have actually been told for years, probably decades that, oh, yeah, your job, that job cannot be done from home. And then instantaneously. It's done from home. Then the next thing you know, the company's like, hey, we need you back in the office. Again, I think we're starting to find equilibrium with employee versus employer power. And, and that's market power, right? So, yeah. you know, the, the top three states, as you would actually mention, Georgia led all states with 35,000 quits. Mm-hmm. Kentucky and then Idaho, which are all red states, which is another interesting you know, point of conversation that we yeah. don't need to, to, to dig into. But I think we saw a big change in the 80s when we changed our taxing structure to be able to not provide incentives for better wages and putting money back into the company. Mm-hmm. And 40 years later, this is what it's atrophied into. It's atrophied into a bunch of people who have shitty existences and they're fed up with it. I'm sick as hell and I'm not going to take it anymore. Well, let's go down <laughs> to Denver. Oh my God. For some more freaky shit. Okay. So Denver's airport uh, held a job fair last week to plug its huge labor shortage. They need they need people to Chick Fil A. Uh, an exec said he's ho- he'd he'd hoped five thousand people would come to the job fair, but only a hundred showed up. Oh hell no! A concession company said that it needed to fill thirty eight jobs, but that only two. To Chad, people mm-hmm. even applied. Jobs range from entry-level positions to top management roles. Is everyone in Denver too busy getting <laughs> high? Like, what the hell is going on here, Chad? So, first and foremost, to fire that exec, I guarantee he's got a fucking pocket protector. 5,000 expected, 100 show up. It sounds kind of like a Trump rally these days. Uh, job fairs are <laughs> the epitome of inefficiency. And after seeing just how well tech can help companies drive better interaction, experience, and efficiencies, the job fair as we know it should just go the fuck away. So your your consensus is that it was just the face to face come down to the come down to the airport, which by the way is not that convenient to anywhere in Denver. No, um, come down to the airport, apply to apply to Chick Fil A jobs and Chili's uh, Chili's to go and uh, and make a living. <laughs> if it's just a tech issue, then uh, then that's easily remedied. Do you think part of this though is the Great Resignation and I don't want to work at an airport or work at any job? Well, I think a, a lot of it's convenience too. I'm not going to go there to see if I can get a job at Chick-fil-A, right? Or, you know, I, I can sell Jesus chicken somewhere else. Uh, it's a 30 minute freaking drive, at least from downtown uh, Denver. So what's the, the convenience to actually going to a job fair, uh, getting myself all dolled up, right? Getting my paper resume mm-hmm. ready. I mean, it's just, again, it is so 1950s. If we could just move away from this, everybody would be much happier. 
Well, Jesus makes great wine and he sure as hell makes some great chicken. (laughs) Well, when we get back, speaking of chicken, we'll talk about robotics and automation in the food industry. Are you struggling to attract the talent you need today? Do you lack visibility into where your recruitment ad dollars are really going? There's a better way. Acquire ROI is a programmatic job advertising platform built to optimize your budget and supercharge hiring. Acquire ROI automatically manages and measures recruitment ads across job boards so you can allocate your budget based on insights, not hunches. Get to quality candidates faster and cost-effectively scale hiring across roles, all while gaining complete visibility and control over your recruitment marketing investments. Say goodbye to manual guesswork, inconsistent performance, and wasted spending. And hello to optimized automated campaigns that produce qualified applicants. At Acquire ROI, we make job advertising easy. Visit us at acquireroi.com and start transforming your talent acquisition today. Robot Chicken. Two of my favorite restaurants, but I have a <laughs> I have a personal anecdote here before we get into the, into these two stories, which I think are really these are really important stories. Uh, so there's a restaurant in the Midwest called Steak and Shake. It's probably elsewhere, but it's it's sort of a staple here in the Midwest. If you haven't been to a Steak and Shake, think about like a 50 style diner meets McDonald's. Uh, you go in. There's a lot of lot of servers. There's a little a little bar at the front where you can order and get food. Uh, although everyone's in white, uh, so it's sort of like a clean in and out sort of environment. Um, it's bustling usually. It's really noisy and it's sort of crazy. So my family and I ended up there uh, last Sunday, and I walk in, and it's it's a very different feel at my local Steak and Shake. They have about ten to twelve kiosks where they had none before. They have three employees total in the restaurant. They have someone flipping burgers. They have someone at the drive-through, and they have someone to say. Order 52, your order's ready, or number 52, your order's ready. So this, to me, was a a lightning bu- a light bulb to say, this is what the dining experience is headed toward. Um, they have cheap food there, so I'm sure cutting head, you know, slicing head count was a, a priority. I said slicing for Halloween. But I will say that it was, although efficient and fairly friendly and easy with the kiosks, it was, it was like eating in a ghost town. It was very just uh, very cold and corporate. Wasn't sort of a, a good feeling uh, at all, as I would expect from a restaurant. So I think if this is the if this is the future, that we need someone friendly to go around and ask how our meals are, or maybe just a robot to say, "Can I get you anything else?" But anyway, I'm not super excited about this future, but I think it is the future. And our two stories here that we're going to close with, uh, I think, accentuate that reality. So McDonald's revealed uh, Wednesday of this week that it's turning to IBM to accelerate growth of its automated voice ordering technology. As part of the agreement, IBM will acquire McD Tech Labs, which was formed following the Burger Chain's 2019 acquisition of Apprente, a leader in voice-based conversational technology, McDonald's was testing automated voice ordering solutions uh, at 10 restaurants in Chicago. The tech resulted in 85% accuracy and employees only needed to step in roughly 20% of the time. In short, say goodbye to the drive-through person. 
Story number two out of Buffalo Wild Wings, one of my favorite restaurants as well. Uh, Miso Robotics, the makers of Flippy, who we've talked about before, it's the robot burger flipper, has announced its newest product, Flippy Wings. Pretty creative, huh? Flippy Wings is the only robotic chicken wing frying solution designed from the ground up for high volume restaurants, including Buffalo Wild Wings or B-dubs as the cool kids call it, Chad. BW3s began testing Flippy Wings at the Inspire Brands Innovation Center uh, this this fall. Uh, translation on that one is bye bye to the fry chef. Chad, are you ready to get down with the automation at the restaurant? Yeah, I mean this is this is happening and it's smart to happen because they're shitty jobs in the first place. But you gotta love that Watson which was being touted as the big name in AI just a few years ago uh-huh. is only getting 85% accuracy on people who are ordering a number one or a number four with cheese. You've never, you've never been with my dad at the drive-thru apparently. <laughs> <laughs> so jokes aside, why Watson? I mean, Google must have better accuracy. If you take a look at all the, all the data that they gather through Android, NLP and machine learning programs, there have to be much better partners than international business machines. That's right, kids. That's what IBM stands for. Big Blue. And Watson. Uh, So from a business standpoint, I thought it was interesting that they were going toward Watson and Watson could only achieve 85%. On the flippy side, I think the big story here is that the company Miso created a, instead of a SaaS model, a RAS model, a robots as a service model, Mm -hmm. which is genius. Knowing many franchises can't afford the upfront cost of the equipment, they are now doing a RAS model. So Mm -hmm. this is... You being an old man and being yeah. uncomfortable with with uh, you know how your steak and shake experience was, yeah, that's because you're used to thirty years ago, right? We're now in 2021. We have to be able to move forward. Is this what it's going to look like in five years or ten years? No, it'll get better, but yeah. we're in a point of disruption and change. And are we going to be uncomfortable? Yeah, because it's different than what we're used to. But are you still going to get the food and is it still going to taste good? Yeah. So my other anecdote is that my local BW3s a few weeks ago was closed for a week during lunch because they didn't have enough people to make those wings. So for me, I'm okay with the utility of grayness and silence. As long as I get my hot wings, you <laughs> know what I'm what saying? Matters. Like that that's is, that, that's the priority. So if it's a robot or 16 year old dude dropping my wings in the fryer, <laughs> I could give a shit as long as they go in my belly. I would say a robot is much more sterile. Yes, I agree. Well, Chad, Halloween show is in the books. Have a great weekend with whatever uh, you too. sexy outfit your wife wears. Anyway, happy Halloween, everybody. We out. We out. (laughs) Thank you for listening to, what's it called? A podcast. The Chad. The Cheese. Brilliant. They talk about recruiting. They talk about technology. But most of all, they talk about nothing. Just a lot of shout outs of people you don't even know. And yet you're listening. It's incredible. And not one word about cheese. Not one. Cheddar. Blue. Nacho. Pepper Jack. Swiss. So many cheeses and not one word. So weird. Anywho.
Be sure to subscribe today on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. That way, you won't miss an episode. And while you're at it, visit www.chatcheese.com. Just don't expect to find any recipes for grilled cheese. It's so weird. We out! The Jim Stroud Podcast explores the discoveries and trends forming the future of our lives. Brain-to-brain communication, robot bosses, microchip implants for workers, and artificial intelligence replacing human workers are all happening now. If you want to know what's happening next, subscribe now to the Jim Stroud Podcast.